David Warner. How are you doing today, David? Really well, Marcus. Thanks for having me on. And uh, where precisely are you in Spain? Uh, we are in Sevilla or Seville, Spain, which is uh, southern Spain uh, near the Atlantic coast. And um, uh, you, your wife, and uh, how long have you been there? Uh, we arrived in April of 2015. So we've been here two and a half, a little over two and a half years. Okay, and uh, I have to ask because it's starting to get a little nippy in some parts of the United States. What's the weather like? Is this a nice time of the year in in Sevilla? It's it's just finally cooled off. Now October should be the best month of you know seventy five or eighty every day and fifty at night, but it was actually still in the nineties last week, and it just cooled off. And so the weather is very nice. About. I forget because we have to convert to metric all the time, and so now I think the other way. It's twenty five today, so that's. 76. Yeah. 25 sounds more like the weather right now where you came from when you went to go to Spain, which was uh, in Sydney and Fairview, Montana. and uh, Just a I, little warmer here. <laughs> in eastern Montana, northeast Montana. And I, I actually was just up there. I literally, this morning after midnight, uh, as I'm talking to you, got back from your former uh, beloved Montana district, was at the Fall Pastors Conference in Montana, and uh, I imagine you don't miss the weather, but you do miss the people. And uh, it's a great district up there, Montana District, President Forky. Everybody's fantastic up there in Montana. And you're not just making that up. You're not just saying that because you have to. It no, actually I, is. I yeah. don't have to. I. It's, <laughs> it is the the personally, um, other than than missing our kids, uh, missing the pastors and the and the and and quite frankly. Uh, President Forky, who's a who's a pastor's pastor, um, is 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 the thing because we don't we have uh, three pastors right now in Spain. Lord willing, in, in November we'll have four ordained men. We just called um, our second Spanish pastor last Sunday at our assembly, and wow. uh, but that's a that's a small group of pastors spread over a state or a country. Spain's roughly the size of California, different shape, but roughly the size. Okay, and so there's four pastors, kind of spread thin. Yeah, and so, uh, and even out in Montana, there's like 50 or so congregations, but when you have a chance to get together and see the brothers, I, I cut my, a lot of the listeners don't know, I cut my teeth as a pastor in Montana in the same circuit you were in. Yeah, and, well, and we were almost recovered when I got there. <laughs> <laughs> the devastation was broad. <laughs> but uh, no, I, uh, it's a... You know, I knew I was at home when I walked into the pastor's conference hall and somebody yells, who let that guy in here? <laughs> and uh, I knew I was uh, feeling right at home. And uh, But, yeah, that camaraderie is, is, is you know, Montana's plenty remote distance-wise, uh, but but it's easier to get to see other Lutheran pastors than what you have. But So tell us a little bit about the reason why I wanted to have you on is, one, um, 
at LCMSU and obviously at the Senate and KFUO Nation, people listening around the world, we want to support our LCMS missionaries. Um, but tell us a little bit about just like that. Let's back this up. I want to talk more specifically about what you all are doing. But what, you know, is a little bit of the background of Lutheranism in Spain. I don't know if most people that are listening maybe are all that familiar. I know I'm not with with Lutheranism in Spain. Obviously, you're there because it probably isn't that extensive. But what's some of the backstory and the history here? Well, in the 15th century, when, uh, you know, 500 years ago, Martin Luther uh, asked some questions and started the Reformation, uh, the links between um, the Low Countries in Germany and Spain were very strong because the King of Spain was also the Emperor Charles V. And so the flow of communication um, materials between Spain and, and Northern Europe was, was uh, strong. And so Luther's writings uh, arrived in Spain fairly early and um, found quite a bit of uh, reception, especially among um, a few different monasteries including one here in, in Seville. Oh, wow. And so there was a monastery here in Seville and another in, in Valladolid and then other pockets and individuals all around Spain who, because of the printing press, they got uh, their copy of some of the things that Luther was writing and they were convinced by, uh, by the teaching, convinced by what Luther uh, pulled from Scripture and, and, and declared. And so there was a small uh, beginning of a Lutheran Reformation kind of in the 15... 40s, uh, but the Spanish Inquisition, and nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition, but there it is. Mm -hmm. uh, the Spanish Inquisition um, crushed it. Uh, either you fled the country or you um, stood grave risk of being arrested and burned at the stake. It's very hard to put a specific number on it, and it doesn't compare to the Jews or to the um, uh, former Muslims that were burned at the stake. That was much more the focus of the Spanish Inquisition. But there was um, probably a couple dozen uh, essentially proto-Lutherans or, or reform-minded uh, Christians who were burned at the stake uh, during the 1540s, 1550s, and by the 1560s, uh, Lutheranism was gone. Um, and the Reformation in any form was over in Spain. It's a shame that all these proto-Lutherans were squashed in this, but what, what was the whole point of the Spanish Inquisition? I know it's, it's there's books written about it, but what, what's, the, what's the thumbnail here? Uh, the Spanish Inquisition was a, a tool that the Catholic kings, um, Fernando and Isabel, asked for special permission to have the Inquisition more closely connected to the crown, and they, they, um, they connected the Catholic Church in Spain and their consolidation of power in Spain very closely, and the Inquisition was a tool to ensure Roman Catholic orthodoxy and to ensure um, the, the control of the, of the Spanish monarchs. And so it was a very useful tool for a couple hundred years, much later than in other places, for um, government and ecclesiastical control of, of a territory. And so this net was cast, and it's just fascinating that this history dovetails precisely, you know, the, uh, the, the decade or so following the Reformation's beginnings. And so it, it reached there early, but then wasn't allowed to really kind of develop fully. And so, uh, you know, wow. Um, and so here we are now, some... 500 years later, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, have there have the, those pockets of, of Spanish Lutherans remained? Have they been very minimal? What's been the landscape the last 450 years or so? Or did it, did uh, it die altogether? Pretty much died altogether. There, there were a few, a few periods of time um, through the course of the centuries where the government was less... Um, less focused on, on promoting the Roman Catholic church. And so there's a period of time in the 1800s when, when other churches were able to get a foothold Um, Anglicans because of the the British population here, Anglicans have always had a little bit of room to maneuver. Uh, But really freedom, religious freedom, as we understand it, didn't come to Spain until the 1980s um, after democracy came after the Franco dictatorship. And so the ability for, um, churches outside of Spain to send missionaries, the ability for people here to form churches of different uh, confessions was severely limited until the 1980s. Then there was a great explosion of, of now there's more than 3000 churches of other confessions is how the Catholic, how the, the Spanish government refers to us. Most are very, very, very small. Many of them really don't exist um, but there are, um, but those are mostly even evangelical and largely um, are Latin American immigrants who brought their neo evangelical or Pentecostal churches with them. Hmm. Very few Lutherans until, I mean, we're still very, very small, but oh, uh, sure. the um, w- w- was a, a Spanish woman who had lived in Venezuela for a while and became a, a member of our sister church there. And a Spanish gentleman who basically discovered Lutheranism through reading um, that made the request through the French uh, Lutheran Church, who then put him in contact with uh, Missouri, and then eventually Argentina and Missouri together started the mission in the year 2000. So um, just a couple of people saying, hey, you should do Lutheran mission here in Spain. Wow, that's fantastic. Thank God for the printing press and, of, and of course, you know, the ability for people to be able to read. And of course, the technology explosion that we have, Luther... Luther's ninety-five theses and and all of that was aided by the the in, in the the printing press and that media. Now we've got different media at our disposal, and so uh, perhaps that will be a blessing uh, this time around. So this is kind of like, in a way, this is like a is this a second crack or a third crack at this in terms of uh, uh, spreading the Reformation in in Spain. If, if we want to just talk in terms of pure gospel, we know that Paul wanted to come to Spain. Um, Spanish historians will tell you that he made it. Other historians will say, no, that's not true. But the gospel came here very early. The church was here very early on sure. in, the, in, the, in the first century, um, early second century. And then over time, when then there was, of course, there was the uh, uh, North African Moorish conquests and all of that. Um, and then a, a twisted version of, of, of Christianity took hold in Spain, um, a works righteous uh, the same as the rest of Western Europe. Okay. And so then the Reformation gets a very tiny opportunity. Um, I kind of look at this as a third, as a third crack. We have a, a third try to preach the pure gospel in Spain and, and, and Lord willing, we'll, we'll continue to grow. So tell us, uh, I mean, history is fascinating and I could talk about history. I, I love history. So, but that's very helpful. Tell us what you guys are doing. You said there's th- three of you, maybe soon to be four. Give us the landscape of, of the Lutheran church in Spain as it exists now, and maybe a little bit of, of where you're hoping to take this. Well, we have uh, 
two LCMS missionary, missionaries, myself and Pastor Adam Lehman, uh, who was formerly pastor in Mobile, Alabama. He was he came here and he and his family. He has four children and his wife, Christine. And they came in December of 2015. So about seven or eight months behind us. And then there's one Spaniard who was ordained. Um, and this was under the work of the Argentine missionaries who preceded us. Um, he was ordained in 2010. And he, uh, and so and right now, and this is kind of getting ourselves situated and, and uh, organized, all three of us are in Sevilla. But we also have a congregation in Madrid. And we have a congregation in Cartagena, which is a small city on the Mediterranean coast. And I don't have children at home anymore. My children, my kids are grown. Shelly and I are, are empty nesters. And so the majority of the traveling to those congregations, I do. And uh, Pastor Lehman is more focused here in Sevilla. Um, but we also have, uh, we have about 85 members, uh, uh, communicant members and many other people who are uh, not they, they attend or they're attached in some way, but they're not uh, communicant members, but we have those 85 members are in 20 different cities in Spain. So we're very scattered in that respect. Sure. Um, and uh, which very challenging, obviously wherever somebody has an interest in Lutheranism, we want to talk to them, but at the same time, we need to build the local congregations and that takes time of the pastors on the ground at the local congregation. So it's trying to balance the two things against each other. Has the uh, Reformation been helpful this 500th year anniversary? I know everybody on Facebook and social media, everybody's going to Germany. But has has, has there been a little bit of an interest in Spain to uh, hear about the Reformation? Has that been helpful at all? Sure. And there is some. Um, it's interesting because there is a, a strong Spanish tendency. Spanish Spain is a... You would come to Spain, and, and you should come to Spain. Everyone should come to Spain. But uh, <laughs> all right, everybody, uh, you heard it here. We're all going. <laughs> um, but is it'll appear to you to be the most Christian country on earth? Uh, it appears to be very, very Roman Catholic. The um, the festivals that they celebrate with street processions are are rightly world famous. They're very impressive. But it's uh, you know an inch deep and a mile wide. There's uh, um, I I refer to Spain as a culturally Catholic, but secular country. Mm. And mm -hmm. people, many people are interested in, in discussing religion, look of it, think of it or talk about it as an artifact and as a historical thing. Right. Uh, and actually getting around to having um, conversations about, but what does this mean for you? What does this mean for me? What is the truth here? That's a difficult thing. Sure. But there is interest certainly in, in, in the reformation. Um, and there is interest, uh, one of my neighbors in the, the block of buildings that we live in just, um, last week stopped me on the sidewalk and said, so your big celebration coming up. And he was, he had done some reading somewhere about Martin Luther and was asking a bunch of questions. So I had the chance to, you know, verify some of the things that he had read and, and correct a few things. And, and it's just to start a little conversation. And there's quite a bit of that. Um, but unfortunately most Spaniards, are leaving the church. Um, they're running the other direction from any kind of organized church, but there are plenty of people who have a, a real interest in, in, in what we have, which is pure gospel and uh, freedom uh, that comes from, from Christ and his, his forgiveness. So um, some of our listeners might be interested in this and especially some of our college students, you know, a lot of college students go to Europe, you know, studying abroad and whatnot. In fact, you and I talked about this a few, couple times especially a couple months ago about 
the interest that you've you've had American college students every once in a while kind of pop into your ch- one of your churches and they're looking for you. Yes, and you know we we welcome it greatly. It's actually a great encouragement to the the Spanish members whenever whether somebody's on vacation, but especially if it's a college student and then they can be there for a semester or maybe they're here for a whole year and they can come to services frequently. And that happens um, not all the time, but it's, you know, it, we've had in just, just in my two and a half years here, there's been four different college students who have been able to come and attend with us here in Sevilla. And the same thing would apply to Madrid and, and happens occasionally. And, and of course there's, there's lots of universities to go to in, in, in Spain, but I think also, we're also a place for, for somebody, uh, if you come here, we're a resource. Uh, we're, we might understand some things if a student is confused about something they're running into. Um, so it's, it's a, I think, a benefit both ways, and, and we certainly enjoy it. In fact, um, one of those students is, is coming as a geomissionary, right? Yes, yes, she is. Kayla Holm uh, was here. She's actually been to Spain twice. She came, I think, her sophomore year of college and here in, in Seville, and she uh, uh, did a semester here, and then she came back after she graduated and did some further studies at the University of Sevilla that allowed her to work part-time um, at a Roman Catholic uh, junior high high school, essentially, uh, doing English enrichment classes where she was there. Actually, someone else did the English grammar teaching, and then they came to Caleb to find out what it actually said because um, they all want to speak English and learn to speak English but they very much struggle with, with our language. And so during that time, that second time, she was very faithful in coming to services and um, she has a marketing background and she has English teaching experience. And so we asked her if she had an interest in, in serving here and, and that has come to fruition. She's in the middle of her fundraising right now and sure. we look forward to having her in maybe in January, February timeframe, join us here in Seville. Yeah, and I'm uh, actually going to have her on the radio program next week. So it's a two for two weeks about Lutheranism in Spain. And, Very good. Uh, so, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, so if you're if you're a college student out there, you're thinking about studying abroad. Um, my son is at the University of New Mexico, and he's looking at you know, all the different places you can go. Why not pick a place to go where you know you're going to be fed spiritually at the same time? There's a lot of places throughout Europe where you can go where you're not going to find um, even a pocket of Lutheranism. And so, um, anyways, we want to do our best at LCMSU to try to put you guys on the map. Love to figure out how to, um, going to work with, with Kay a little bit, uh, maybe give her some tips and ideas of what she can maybe do to work in and among some of the college students there uh, when she is over there with her on her geomissionary uh, time with you. And uh, so hopefully we can establish some connections and I'm going to ask her about this, David, but um, next week. But what? Tell us a little bit about. Uh, got maybe about six, seven minutes left, and I want to give you a chance to tell us where we can learn how to support you and what you're doing and everyone there more. But real quickly, how did you decide to become a missionary yourself? How did how did that process work? Well, I I guess it kind of started in in high school where. Uh, friend of mine who had grown up part-time in Ecuador. Uh, he wanted to take Spanish classes because he lost almost all his Spanish and he wanted to get some Spanish back. And he asked me to, 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 to can we were juniors tonight, and he said, you should take Spanish with me. And and I found out, noticed that that he was the only other 
guy in the class. And so I thought, hmm, class full of girls, I could do this. And so I took Spanish there. Um, and then in college, uh, actually, Shelly and I met in Spanish class. I was, uh, the, the Marine Corps put me through college, but they require um, foreign language classes. And so I have a minor in Spanish and, and we met, met Shelly there. And, and, uh, and then the Marine Corps sent me to Spain. Uh, oh. my last tour in the Marine Corps, we, in the nineties, uh, we were here in Spain serving, um, on a base actually down on the coast, about 90 miles from, from Seville. Wow. And all of that I thought was just, you know, yeah. God blessing me because I'm a great guy. And then I find out actually <laughs> when, uh, pastor Eric Stinnett came up to me at a pastor's conference in Montana about four years ago and said, Hey, can I give your name to, to Ted Cray, Reverend Ted Cray, his brother-in-law and the regional, uh, uh, director for this area. And I smarter than I used to be. I wouldn't ask my wife if I could, <laughs> if I could give him my name and, and, uh, they did. And, and so eventually, uh, pastor Cray contacted us and, and it was a good time for us in terms of where we were with our family and where we were with, uh, this congregations I was serving in, in Northeastern Montana and Sydney and Fairview. And so we, uh, started considering it and eventually, received the call and prayed about it and, and decided that, that we'd serve, serve the Lord's church here. Well, uh, it's a great story here. You're doing all these things, getting to see the world, going to Spain. Little did you know that God was preparing for you to, to go back in this capacity. And we are certainly grateful that you are there. It's fascinating to hear about what is going on in the background and the history. How can those of us here in the States those of us in LCMSU Nation, how can we be of support, learn more, get connected uh, with with you over there and, and encourage you and then support you in your mission outreach? Well, I would encourage you to, if, if, if you're thinking about studying in Spain or studying in Europe, um, feel free to, to reach out to me. I'm going to give you our uh, prayer card page and at lcms.org. And there you can find an email address for me as well. So it's lcms.org slash Warner, W-A-R-N-E-R. And so that would be the first thing is, is contact us and, and shoot me an email if you have questions. Um, on that prayer card, you can obviously find out prayer requests for us. We, 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 we covet your prayers. Uh, and then if you're so inclined and, and have an interest in, in supporting us financially, there's also a link there on that page where you can, uh, you can support us and uh, support us financially to keep us here in Spain. I want to put one more page out there, and, and that is for our project um, fund. We have an, uh, an organization called a Foro, which is a Spanish word for forum, and it is um, an organization of supporters, not for the cost of keeping the missionary here on the field, but rather the cost of doing projects here because those are separate line items. Mm -hmm. And so it's lcms.org slash give now all one word slash spain dash foro and uh, hopefully marcus you can put that up so oh, yeah for we'll me. put that i'll push those links and whatnot and 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 that gifts to that page then help do pay for things like the location we're opening here in seville one of the great struggles that the mission here has had is is trying to have a physical presence and we've been um working on that since i arrived and before i arrived and we are now finally have a place. We have the Centro Casiodoro de Reina, which is uh, a Spanish Bible translator. And uh, he uh, kind of a, the earliest Lutheran in Spain. And 
it is a church. It is the San Pablo Congregations Church, and it is also offices for our church, for our for the whole church, for the national church. And we um, uh, that is paid through paid for by the Foro. We have supporters that help us with that, and and for us to be able to do projects to serve um, our members and to serve and reach out to the community here, we need we need support there as well. So um, I would invite people to consider that as well. Absolutely. Well, David, um, God's blessings to you, uh, your lovely wife, and and Pastor Layman, his his family, and everybody else that's that's there, and all of your people. Thank you for taking the time. Um, you're doing you're doing great work, and we look forward to an uh, LCMSU Nation uh, working with you and getting to know what you're doing more, and hopefully being able to support you as we're able. Well, thank you very much, Marcus. It's uh, it's a pleasure to, to talk to you and, and hopefully through this you'll send uh we'll get to meet a lot more great lutheran students studying internationally that's right all right take care david have a great one thank you nobody expects the spanish inquisition <laughs> Well, that's all we have time for here today in the Student Union on the beautiful campus of LCMSU. Remember, college is tough. You need Jesus. We'll help. You've been listening to The Student Union, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission, in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting the Student Union.